Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everybody. My name is Layla, and you're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you could join us this morning, but before we get into the Word, let's take a moment and pray. God, we thank you for today, and we thank you for another blessed and wonderful opportunity to come before you, Lord, as your children, to learn more about your nature and your character, Lord, to become more like your son, Jesus, God, who was the firstborn among many brethren, Lord, and our pattern and our example. God, we thank you for our listeners and our partners. We thank you for the blessings you're bestowing on them, Lord, and that you're showering on them, Lord, in abundance. And we just thank you for all the good things that you satisfied us with, Lord and for showing us your salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' amen. mighty name, amen. And amen. Well, good morning and welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us. I just want to definitely, before we even begin, just thank all the listeners and, and our partners, those that have tuned in, that download these episodes, that listen, that subscribe on these platforms, and you know those that hold this ministry and the things that the Lord is having or are accomplishing through this ministry up in prayer. We're mm-hmm. thankful to the Lord for you and for your support. And, and we're also thankful for those that have sown in mm-hmm. and continue to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, your, you know, your, I'll say your gratitude, your, your, what you're doing for the Lord is, is definitely observed. It's appreciated. And, you know, we thank the Lord for you and your heart towards him and, Mm-hmm. It's your desire to be obedient towards him. And Amen. we're thankful for that willing participation and know that he's using you mightily around the globe, not just in the in the home and in the community where you find yourself, but you are literally being used to minister to many around the globe. So mm-hmm. just want to thank each and every person for partnering with the ministry, but sharing in the work that this ministry and the labor that this ministry is doing for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So thank you for your support. Amen. Mm-hmm. Now, this morning, we are going to continue, and we're moving forward into Acts chapter 17. Mm-hmm. And we're going to cover the first nine verses. So could I get a volunteer to read that section of scripture, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where there was was a synagogue of Jew, of the Jews. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them, and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer and rise again from the dead, and saying, This Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded, and a great multitude of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women, joined Paul and Silas. But the Jews who were not persuaded became envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace and gathering a mob set all the city in an uproar and attacked the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. But when they did not find them, they jacked Jason and some brethren to the rulers of the city, crying out, these who have turned the world upside down have come here, come have come here too. Jason has harbored them. And these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there is another king, Jesus. 
And they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. So when they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. Mm -hmm. Amen. Hmm. So as is our custom, we are going to open the floor at this time and give each of you the opportunity to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you may have. So who would like to begin? I just have a quick question. All right, Layla. When they said they took securities from Jason, does that mean they find him? Or they took away like his bodyguards, essentially, if he had any? Uh, taking security from Jason is typically... It highly probably means a substantial bail, right? There's some kind of cost to him. Yeah, when I'm looking up the word in um, like a concordance or Greek lexicon, it says sufficient, many enough, enough sufficient in ability. So um, Mm -hmm. whatever it was that they took, it could have been a bond of finance. Or or a fine or something, right? But there was, there was costs. There was. Oh, and so one, one um, usage of this word is large money. Mm-hmm. Money enough. So yeah, there you go. You got it. Oh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. I was just on my way to look that word up to make sure I understood, because <laughs> it seemed like they were taking money from him. Because clearly, the flesh is always satisfied by money, right? You know, robbery and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. But I also noticed in verse 5, it was the Jews that were not persuaded, and they took evil men from the markets. When we saw in earlier chapters in the beginning, um, let's say apostleship of Paul and um, Barnabas, they had similar language. The Jews that weren't persuaded either was poisoned their minds or they stirred up a crowd. And it just strikes me interesting that... um, Often we like to go, well, that's not the same thing. Like if we do a sin, it's it's not the same thing. But as dad, you tell us it's the same at the core, maybe wearing a different Scooby-Doo mask, but it's the same thing. And we see this um, through these Jews that weren't persuaded. Um, and it's the same thing. And we'll go, well, it's different. Maybe they had a reason to do it. No, the only reason was they were acting in tandem and with the adversary to try to stop and disrupt the good works that God was bringing. But then we also see God's consistency, how he always triumphs in the end and he gets his will done. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't, I don't usually say Scooby-Doo mask. <laughs> yeah, that probably says right. Scooby-Doo mask. <laughs> but at the core, that right, it's, it looks the same. doesn't matter how you try to dress it up or... Um, you know, there, there's a saying, you put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig, right? It doesn't yes. matter what you, you do to dress it up. At the core, it's still the same. Sin looks the same everywhere. Mm-hmm. People, people that are not yet submitted to the Lord, when they continue to operate in sin, when they choose to operate in sin, they try to go, oh, well, it's different. It's not the same as what they're doing. It's different when I do it than when anyone else does it. And people try for since the beginning of time, right? Even back in the garden, all the way to the garden, have tried to justify their own actions. Yes. 
But the Lord is the only one that can make us stand. He's the only one can say, this is truth, and that's a lie. This is right, and by right I mean righteous, and this is profane. This is an abomination. He's the only one that can do that. So us learning his thoughts and his ways about the matter. Again, it's not by what we say. It's about what the Lord says. That's the standard. Yes. So it addresses what's at the core. Regardless of how someone tries to to dress it up or pass it off as whatever. Whatever they're attempting to deceive and or manipulate the people in a situation for whatever outcome they desire. Yes. So we should be aware and wary of those things. And that first starts with, oh, I'll say it in this way. It's not even that it first starts. It should first start by bringing it before the Lord, letting it pass by before him and getting his thoughts and his ways concerning it as he ministers through his Holy Spirit to you, as he takes from the Father and discloses it to you. That's the only way we can go through this life and not be deceived. Yes. And the other thing that the Lord brought to my attention, it was the envious men. Um, I'm not sure exactly if it's in James or in First John, but it, the scripture talks about where envy and selfish ambition are, every evil thing abounds there as well. And we see that play out with these, um, unfortunately play out with these Jews that are envious. It, it didn't matter if Paul was in the synagogue saying um, Jesus is the Christ or he was out in the street saying Jesus is the Christ. For some reason, it just made them so angry to hear that. And they were they were jealous. And there was there's really no reason to be jealous. They could have taken part in the same thing if they had come to the Lord because the Lord is no respecter of persons. If your heart is really open and willing to be used by him, he will use you. Now, it may not be exactly as um, he used Paul or Silas or Barnabas, but it's special um, concerning you and the way that he views you. Uh, take, for example, mommy and dad, you're both pastors and you both minister the word. But sometimes the way mommy says something ministers to people a different way. And when dad says something, it ministers different ways. Like I learned a lot. Um, Dad tells us again about things being the same at the core. And it's and I kind of think of an apple when I when I hear that. It's the same at the core. There's still apple seeds in the middle of the apple. It doesn't suddenly turn to peach seeds. That I mean, there would be no apple after that because the peach seed would take up all the space. And mommy says Scooby-Doo mask, which I can imagine like you take off that little masquerade thing and it displays what's underneath for you to see and put full eyes on. So it may not have been exactly as Paul and Barnabas were being used, but God certainly would have used them. They could have turned that mob into a, a congregation of believers instead of hateful people and spiteful people. And that's something that I have to watch for. Like if I see somebody else being blessed or being used, not to try to take what they've got and then ruin the opportunity for others around me. Mm-hmm. So Galatians 5 says, uh, verses 16 through 22, says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, 
uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and I'll go to 23, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So as this scripture, and, and as you were referencing James, is our, the scriptures identify the difference between the work of the Spirit coming through a, a person or the works of the flesh coming through a person and what they look like. And when, when a person is deceived for any reason, there's always a self justification that is involved. A reason why, why they're ignoring the, the prompting of the Holy spirit, ignoring the word of God, the written word of God, or ignoring, um, just the movement of God because they feel justified in doing something else that is opposite of what the Lord is saying. And the reasons that they're envious probably varied from person to person. The reasons that they chose to harden their heart and not receive the Lord, but instead to go, well, we are looking for Moses or, you know, whatever their, whatever their thought process was, it was absolutely a work of the flesh. And, you know, for, for us as believers, it's very important and it's vital that we don't get caught up in the work of someone else's flesh, but we stay focused on what the Lord has called us to do. And remembering that each human has to have an opportunity to come to Christ and that opportunity is given by the Lord and it has the, you know, the length and extension of what God will grant them. But our job is to preach the word. Our job is to be in season with him and our job is to walk in the spirit and to walk in love and not to, um, partake in our flesh, not to get in our flesh in response, but also not to be focused or, um, upset that someone else is in their flesh, but to recognize what it is. And we do have spiritual authority to bind and loose the spirits Mm -hmm. that are behind that fleshly activity. So when a, a human decides to, um, walk in their flesh, they open the door for the adversary to come and inter interact through their activities in a particular situation. When we decide to walk in our spirit, we provide, we close the door for the adversary and we open the door for Holy Spirit to come in and interact in that situation. And we connect with his movement in that arena. Whereas when people are acting in the flesh, they're connecting with the devil's movement in that arena or that the the environment. But as believers, we have authority over that, but also understanding the Lord told us that we would be persecuted for his name's sake. So we shouldn't be surprised. We shouldn't be upset or indignant, even though I, I know that is training that has to happen in order for us to come to that place. It's not something that's automatic. We have to develop that and allow the fruit of the spirit to come forward. But just remembering they're, they're people and whatever they were jealous about, it all comes out of the flesh and the, you know, the devil's always jealous of God, right? (laughs) Yes. Always envious, always trying to take God's place and replace him. And so when people tap into that, naturally they're going to have the same murderous, the same um, contentious, the same jealous, the same envious 
reactions that the devil has because they're connecting with his agenda or his action in the the environment. So, you know, I, I know that sounds like a a nonchalant kind of answer, but when we focus too much on what other people are doing in our flesh, the temptation to connect with them out of our self-righteous indignation increases. And then before we know it, we're engaged and entrapped in the same sin that we're accusing them of. But if we take it the way the Lord takes it, right? When we look at it the way he does, we're able to continue to stand and walk with him and not fall into the same temptation. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Mine's a bit lengthy. Well, let's get started. Go ahead. Summarize it then, sir. Um, so one thing that the Lord was pointing out to me, and I'll expound on this later, was that inside of verse 6, later half, it says, these who have turned the world upside down have come here too. And the Lord should show me here was that these are the same Jews from all the other cities. It's not just Jews in the one place, but they've been chasing them up this far. And we see that um, it's already happened multiple times um, in previous chapters where they're just chasing them from city and city from city to city and another thing that the lord was just pointing out to me was that they always knew where to find the wicked people who go along with them and if we look inside of um luke 6 verse 30 and their scribes and and the pharisees complain against his disciples saying why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners yet these same holy people always knew where to find them and had no problem um fellowshipping with them if it related to what they wanted to happen they didn't mind going to get them to start a start a a riot or a fight they weren't so holy and pious then and couldn't be touched yeah yeah that's true that's true but it also says something um that that bag of righteous indignation that they felt it was their they were it was their duty and they were obligated to follow these people around the world they said, turn the world upside down. So they followed them around the world and they're from their perspective to make sure that they had no peace, to make sure that they brought murder to them any point. And I'm not saying it to find fault with them, but as a mirror for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yes. God gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And did we see, now remember the apostle Paul, before he became the apostle Paul, he was Saul, who, who was doing what? Murdering. He was making it his business to travel the world to make sure he punished those people, right? That that were of the way. That was how we were introduced to him, holding the clothes while they're stoning Stephen, and then taking those letters and until he met the Messiah on the road, and the Lord knocked him off his proverbial high horse and said, "Hey, get it together. What you're doing is not right." And then Saul being a fast learner there, said, okay, Lord, tell me what I need to do. And he accepted Jesus. But that's, that's the spirit of the Antichrist. That's the spirit of the age. That's the spirit of the adversary who was a murderer from the beginning. So when, when we look at ourselves and, and an instant rises up in you that says, kill, right? I need to destroy them. I'm going to hunt them down. And then you start getting more and more angry. That's a caution to you to go, wait, wait, where am I? Where am I, Lord, and what's going on? And to rush back to Jesus and make sure that you're operating by his spirit and not another spirit. Because if the Father 
gave us the recon- the ministry of reconciliation. If the Father asked us to be gracious and merciful, then he's going to guide us in that way. And he'll make sure that we're tracking with him versus being carried away by something else. And, and by asked. <laughs> can, can we just make it more plain? He commanded us to walk in love. Amen. To, right? That's, that's the love commandment. And you can find that multiple places, but uh, we'll give you John. I mean, John is full of the love commandment. First Amen. John is full of well, you, even the gospel, the right? The, the, the gospel of John 13, verses 34 and 35 say this. A new commandment I give you. I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Mm-hmm. I mean, can make it no more plainer than that. Right. Not me, but Jesus. Right. Makes it no plainer than that. And and the asking, he's, it's a commandment. It's telling this is how you must live. And there, there will be, I'll say, the world looks for metrics, but mm-hmm. there will be clearly definitive metrics or fruit that that is how we are living and operating and walking in God's love. Amen. And love is not passive. It's it's not, you know, a hippie with a sunflower going, hmm, you know, it's, it's none of that. Love is right. The God kind of love is right, and it's just. And whenever we come to him, right, and we go, okay, Lord, woo. Whew, things are, you know, I, I notice on the inside of me, these emotions that are coming up and these thoughts, they're not leading me to the way of extending your love to someone. They're leading me in other kind of thoughts. So let me come and submit to you, Lord, and just, just renew and, my, and refresh my connection. Uh, the scripture tells us each one to examine themselves to make sure they're in the way. That means in the, the way, the truth, and the life, the way of salvation, the way of following Jesus Christ. Because it's not a once saved, always saved. If the Lord used me, then I must be right all the time. Whoa, whoa. Mm-hmm. There's only one who's right. And we should always, always stay connected to him and make sure. And you can, it, it, it kind of happens like this, especially after, after time being um, that when another spirit tries to come in and you hear things, thoughts like, I hate them, comes up. And thoughts of desiring their death and their perish, um, them to no longer be on the earth come up. And that's a that's an indicator. That's a, a red flashing warning sign telling you, come back to the love of Jesus Christ right. and come back to him and submit your thoughts and ideas and um, get a refreshing from Holy Spirit on the what your focus should be and the way you should go and that you need to offer forgiveness to those kind of people. Um, to the whomever that that thought arises or the group of people that that kind of stuff arises, I hate them. I wish they were dead. <laughs> I want to kill them. That kind of thing. If that's coming up in a believer, that is a red flag for you. Come back to Jesus. Because you're to love the person, not the actions. Absolutely, the you can say the actions are wrong, but when there's slander coming out, when there's um, hatred, I mean, we just read it in Galatians. When there's any of that kind of stuff coming out, that's always a work of the flesh. Murders. The Lord told us not to murder, so then there is no permission to murder. And murder has to do with the intention of your heart. So again, I hate them. What Jesus said, if you are hating someone, you've already committed murder. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. I know. I know. Suck it in and let the word of God wash you and cleanse you on the inside. And set that, leave that guard in, in place because that's for our safety. 
That's what the Lord wants us to understand and to recognize and to move forward with him because here's the patience of the saints. You guys, in Revelation, it talks about the um, the martyrs and they're crying out, asking for justice. How long, Lord? How long? And he's like, just, just wait a little bit and I'm taking care of this. We can get impatient and think we need to help God and defend him with... Um, with murderous things or slander or any of that kind of stuff. And God isn't asking us to do that. Our patience is knowing that he is just, he's a righteous father and he'll take care of it. Mm -hmm. Amen. And let's bear with people because when he came to us, we were in opposition to him. Amen. He so that's the me. love one another as I have loved you. Amen. Right. And, and if that's how he viewed us even before we were his, mm -hmm. before we said, you're our God and we're your people. Yep then how much more should that be how we treat not just those that are not yet the Lord's, but those in the faith? Amen. Well, let's pause there for today. And with that, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I won't. All right, I promise. Lord, just thank you for today. Just thank you for giving us your word, Lord, and just allowing us to receive it, Lord. And Lord, I also just thank you for just giving us the Holy Spirit, Lord, and just providing for us in every way, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 We love you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.